Hello, I'm Will Yeoman and welcome to another episode of the pod Well Troubled. Uh, today I'm joined by Stephen Scalefield, but also in the show we've got Olga de Müller, our motoring writer, coming on board all about the MX-5, the new Mazda sports car, and, and a nice drive story there for us to listen to. And Jeffrey Thomas, whose cruising guide is going to be published in this Saturday's West. So we'll talk to Jeffrey and get a little bit of a preview of that. But in the meantime, Stephen, welcome back to the pod Well Travelled. Yes, it's, a, it's another busy week, isn't it? It is. And actually, the last time we spoke to you, you were in Dubai, and now you're back here yes. in Perth. Yes. A distant memory? Yes, in, <laughs> yeah, it's been really important for us. You know, Moans went to Singapore, and I've been in Dubai, as you say, and just understanding those hubs are working, you know, seamlessly, really. It's like nothing ever happened in, in terms of the, mm. the pandemic. So um, that's sort of the work we've been doing. And, of course, it's very timely, particularly Singapore, because while we saw... You know, I mean, Dubai has been open since the middle of, oh, you know, about eighteen months. Actually, yes. but while um, while those hubs have been working, Singapore's had this different arrangement between transit and if you're actually entering Singapore. Mm. But that all ended on April one. Indeed. Um, uh, so right across Southeast Asia, really Malaysia, the same. We've sort of, you know, all the rules have been relaxed. So there's not that separation in Singapore now. So I'm very, very pleased with that. So it's, it's kind of, I, I feel like Southeast Asia's come on this week, um, the same as, you know, so many other places. Um, so, yeah, the, the shift every, every week and every day is just seismic now. It's, um, it's a flood. In a good way. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, you know, for us, you know, you and me, um, uh, as, as, you know, travel writers, just watching this opening up. Um, and we've, you know, spent months talking about, will it ever be the same and this and that? Well, yes. it's just like, it's, everything's the same, you know, it's just wild. Um, and flights being put on, the inventory of flights is just stacked up day by day. Um, we're getting approached just just the audience to understand our lives a bit. Mm, mm. I mean, the emails are just pouring in from tourism New South Wales and Singapore mm. and, you know, various parts of Africa, you know, want to announce that they're open and want to get us there and want to, you know, so, so, there. so we're all in, it's quite interesting. You know, Western Australia, sorry to cut a question. But, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, 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 my question's probably belated. I was going to ask you about Western Australia in particular because you were, you were a little bit concerned um, a few weeks back about um, how quickly we'd be able to get off the ground in terms of visitation, given that we were a little bit behind the other states in terms of opening up and so forth. Oh, yeah, I think, well, I think West Australia, has, West Australia tourism industry has pretty significant challenges now. I mean, you know, for the last two years we've we've been trundling around here, and no one's there, there's been no deal. Everyone knows, you know, everyone in West Australia who's listened to this will know that there've been there've been no deals, there've been no special rates, everything's been full, booked out, mm. um, and so they've had a, they've actually had a pretty some of them had a pretty good two years, I can tell you, but now we're competing with the world. Mm. West Australians are, you know. Uh, our readership is really, at the moment, only interested in international, mm. or mostly interested in international mm. by, by a long stretch. Mm. So, you know, West Australians, 
we're great travellers. We're keen to get out. We're keen, keen to visit friends and relatives, of course. And we're keen to, you know, go overseas and go back to Europe and go river cruising and everything else. And um, attracting people to come to Western Australia, you're going to be competing with everyone. I mean, Singapore, Malaysia, mm. you name it. They're mm. trying to get us to Langkawi, to Sumba, Bali's open, you know. They even visit New South Wales is, is encouraging us to go there for Easter holidays. So West Australia is is out there competing with everyone else. Um, yeah, well, it's I'm, a really I'm, very difficult scenario. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah, I do have to improve about it. Sorry, the next twelve months could be more difficult than the yes. last twelve months. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because there were there yeah. were different challenges yeah. initially, and then yeah, it, was, it was almost yeah. in in both a positive and a negative sense. It was almost a form of protectionism, wasn't yeah. it? Because there's another there's a nice twist this week, which is the first at last, I should say, mm-hmm. the first uh, Jetstar flight from Melbourne to Bustleton arrives on Wednesday. Yes, uh, yes. which is um, the sixth. So that's you know we, we've been waiting for that flight, and it's been on and off for. Well, two and a half years, I suppose. Um, I know, I know some people down in Mount River who've been holding a ticket for that long. I think so. Um, yeah, that that's a great um, innovation coming in, of course. But then, by the same measure, there are now flights from Port Hedland to Denpasar and Bali. Mm. So, so you know, every time you've got one coming in, you've got something new going out. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, and that, that's a, that's a nice twist too. Virgin have just started that direct flight. Yes, from uh, from the Pilbara to Bali. Wow, it's amazing. There's a twist. Mm. Yeah, so all <laughs> all sorts of stuff going on. Will yeah, well, as you say, the next twelve months are going to be both challenging and very, yeah, very interesting. I think for sure. So, it's you know, I feel like it's suddenly become. You know, to to be working in the industry in, in the way that we do, it's suddenly become almost the best time again, where in fact for a long time it was probably yes. the worst time. Yes, incredibly there's so much dynamic. Going on. There's so much going on. There's so much going mm. on, incredibly dynamic. And, um, you know, it's quite interesting that, I mean, I'm just astounded by the airlines. Mm. And if you look at, we, you know, we were publishing those stories. Take, take Singapore Airlines. Mm. We're immediately back with 17 flights a week. Mm. And, and that's increasing, increasing. I mean, it's not that that's like 12 months ago, I wrote a story about them all being parked out near um, Alice Springs oh, in the yes. desert because it's so dry. They remember yes. we had those pictures yes, of all, this huge parking lot. We were writing stories about how they've got all these, not only Singapore, but you know, the airlines have got these planes parked in deserts, basically, mm. because they were dry and there was less corrosion, but they still had to run them every day. And you look at it now, and they're all flying, you know, and the crews are back. All those crews that were stood down for so long, mm. um, back flying, you know, all got their time license tickets up up to standard. It's just it's incredible how they've um, brought it back. Mm. Incredible, mm. Mm. as you say, very exciting. Well, look, let, let's shift yeah. gears for a moment. I use that word advisedly, and take a drive to to and through Bickley Valley with uh, Olga, who's got her hands on... It is, is the, the latest Mazda MX-5. Uh, do you know much about this sporty, sporty yeah, sports car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, it's such a classic. I mean, if you buy an MX-5, you've basically joined a club. You know, right. MX-5 drivers, I think. Going right back to that very cute little Series 1, little landed Series 1, of course, there's 
developed since then, but I think it's really still got that club feel. Mm. And Olga's absolutely nailed it with the right spot to take it. Okay, well, let's hear from Olga. Okay, as promised, we have the fabulous motoring writer Olga de Miller joining us on the pod Well Travelled. Olga, it's great to have you back on the show. William, thank you very much. <laughs> and we've got you heading for the hills, topless, in the new Mazda MX-5. What an, what an image that paints. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and I was, I was topless at dusk um, with only curious horses and alpacas around me. <laughs> At um, at the Hidden Valley Eco Retreat and Day Spa, where I had a lovely rejuvenating facial, which I desperately needed, uh, and that was just <laughs> nice time out. But what you do notice after just slowing down and totally relaxing yes. is when you walk out, the quiet um, in the forest there, the Jarrah Forest, is just hits you. It's literally the sound of silence um, and I haven't heard that sort of silence for a very, very long mm. time. Now, but you really need to slow down to notice it. I was going to say, we should explain, we're talking about the Bickley Valley and for the topless component, we're talking about the convertible uh, aspect yes, of the car. Yes, absolutely. Um, 100%, yes. Uh, the topless um, the topless convertible and it's all mechanised, so you just press and the roof um, sort of flips up and um, folds up, and then you press and it uh, closes. So that's great. You don't have to actually do anything manually. Yes, this is the latest Mazda MX-5. So it was a two, manual. Two-seater, two-litre petrol, basically a really yes. sporty little little number. And Very sporty. Um, you can't have a lot of baggage with mm. you. Uh, it's very tight inside and a small boot. Uh, but it's a lovely drive and the perfect drive through the Bickley Valley, which is very much a hidden secret. Yeah, but, in, but why? Um, what, why? Why is it um, so no so uh, less well known? I guess than say some of the Swan Valley spots, for example. Yes, less well known than the Swan Valley. Certainly less well known than Margaret River. Mm. Uh, very much a hidden treasure. It's just thirty-five minutes from Perth, so about. 30 kilometres. So east along. into the hills. Um, yes, not into far the hills. Part of the, yes, not far from Kalamunda, mm. part of the Perth Hills. Mm. And you've got boutique vineyards, rustic restaurants, orchards and cideries. In Jarrah Forest, it feels like it's hundreds of kilometres away. And yet you're very close to home if you live in Perth. It's actually part of the metropolitan area just. It's in the wow. Shire of Kalamunda. Yes, yes. And, fantastic. Um, started off as a railway siding way back in the 1890s, mm. originally called Heidelberg. And, of course, that name was changed to Bickley during World War One to shake off its German association. And the Heidelberg and in Melbourne still remained Heidelberg. Remained right? kind of Heidelberg in Melbourne. Mm. This was changed. Um, it takes its name from um, a Swan River Colony early settler and a member of WA's First Legislative Assembly, right. Wallace Bickley. Okay. Hmm. So it's a, it's a lovely day trip um, or a weekender if you want to spend the night and there are some accommodation options uh, with some beautiful restaurants, very rustic 
uh, wineries, you'll feel like you're in Provence or Tuscany at, at some of these, and yet you're um, just outside of Perth. So, so I, I guess a car like the MX-5 then, you're perfectly safe because there's no sort of off-road stuff happening. It's not sort of like, as you say, yes. so close to the metro area as well. You could pretty much use any car you wanted to and, and feel pretty you can okay You can use any car you want to, although... Once you get off off the the roads, the restaurants and cideries and vineyards, oh, it's all pretty much that red or, gravel. Mm, of course. Uh, so I did have to drive fairly carefully because some of it is a bit. Um, it's not entirely level. Okay. So I I did have to watch where I parked and where I drove. I couldn't just assume I can go over everything like you can in a four-wheel drive and some tracks I didn't negotiate that looked very, very tempting, just winding mm. up into the forest. But I thought not not in the Mazda MX-5, Fair uh, more something you would do in a, in a, in a four-wheel drive um, for, for something like that. But yes, otherwise, um, any car is fine. Uh, this one handled it perfectly and it was a lovely, lovely ride um, and even lovelier topless, of course. Mm. Now, Stephen says he's a bit of a fan of, of, of the Mazda MX-5. I mean, it's it's. I guess it's a. Is it a cheaper alternative to some to some of the European sports cars? It is. It is a cheaper alternative. It's coming in around. This was um, an an entry um, or, or close to the entry variant. So you're looking at around. I think about forty-seven thousand drive wow, away. That's pretty. So that's a lot of fun for, kind of uh, for forty-seven, forty-eight thousand dollars. Mm. Uh, certainly more fun than an SUV or um, or, or a hatchback. Mm. And um, yeah, a great little car, and it looks it looks very much looks the part. Yeah, did you get any sort of, you know, envious glances while you were parking in, in front of the vineyards or anything like that? No, no? Not, re- not really, no. Um, the, the alpacas were, were very curious <laughs> and I think they probably gave me the longest longest glance of all. But otherwise, no, I think um, look, there's a variety of cars on the road and people are used to seeing all sorts of, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Yeah, fair point, yes. Um, the um, yeah, I think it. Um, I think I I cut a very very fine figure in the Mazda MX five. <laughs> okay, so were there any other? Fe- what, what about um, some of the like the entertainment and the sort of um, connectivity, those kinds of aspects of the car? Anything? Yeah, sorry the. The aspects of the car? Oh, any of those kinds of aspects of the car that stand out for you? Actually, you, you know, the, you've talked a lot about Look, the drive I think and the handling. As always. Yeah, look, I think, uh, look, it handles, uh, it's not, uh, two litres is, is not a sort of a huge engine, no. but it's enough and certainly enough for a manual and it's a lovely car to drive as a manual and as I've always said, um, driving a manual car certainly makes you more aware of being on the road because you are hands and feet on. So you can't, um, it's very difficult to even juggle a coffee in a manual car. <laughs> yeah, sure. So it, it just makes you concentrate that little bit more rather than, um, than sort of sit back, um, you know, cushioned in a, in a, in a sort of virtual lounge room. And, and a lot of uh, car cabins are like lounges at the moment. 
uh, with the way we're going and with all the tech. This one didn't have a lot of tech. It had mm. just enough. It had a reversing camera. And it's got the, uh, the seven-inch uh, seven touchscreen as well, hasn't it, I believe? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah some lane assist and um, it was just enough uh, for a car of its size mm. and uh, just a lovely ride. So if you want a fun car, um, it's a good good option to look at, but probably, obviously not if you have children uh, because it is just a tight seat, a, a two-seater and a fairly tight two-seater as well. Okay, okay, there it is. A fun ride, and if you want a fun drive, which is close, yes. to Bickley Valley. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> um, and, you know, have lunch, have a wine tasting, um, and uh, you just take in take in the, the Jarrah Forest and uh, slow down, slow down enough to just listen to the silence. Mm. I know that sounds um, just totally uh, like... I'm talking about two different things, but um, you do notice it when you when you when you stop to slow down enough. And most of us don't because we're always rushing around and doing something. That's absolutely true. So there's the silence, and I also believe that there's beautiful views of the skies as well. If you um, yes, um, you beautiful that, a clear, views of the clear skies. night for stargazing. Yes. Ah, well, of course, the Bickley, uh, the Perth Observatory is on Walnut, the beautifully named Walnut Road in Bickley, um, and you do need to book for that well in advance mm. because uh, the night sky tour is sold out and we're waiting till winter uh, for the next um, availability uh, for spots, uh, but that is a definite um, attraction in in the Bickley Valley. Yes, and look, while you're there, you can you can do something lovely. You can adopt a star. It, it does get fairly pricey, but for a special gift for someone who has more than everything, it's a lovely option. And you know, when you adopt a star, you get a private viewing um, for the recipient and three guests. And uh, the brighter the star, the more it costs, of course. Uh, but um, all that information is on their um, on the, uh, uh, the Perth Observatory website. Oh, that's a, what a lovely idea, though. Okay, it's well, a lovely idea, and it's a nice thought on which Dan. Look, Olga, it's been great having you on the show again. We'll have to get you back again soon. Um, in the meantime, you're most welcome, William. Thank you day. very much. Okay, absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Well, there you go. Now, look, I asked you before, Stephen, if you were a fan of the MX-5, which you are. Um, how about Bickley Valley? Have you had any nice experiences there yourself? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm a fan of both, actually. <laughs> Bickley Valley is such a little kind of sleeper spot. It's great. It's so close to the city. Mm. And there's there's really good quality, you know, as you've heard from Olga, there's really good quality places to go and things there. Yes, I'm, I'm a fan of the MX-5, but... I'm also, I was an even bigger fan, probably, the RX-7, which uh, mm. I had a Series 1 RX-7 that I used to oh, really? race around Monaroo a bit with a big Weber carb on it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a Mazda. Those were the days, hey? Yeah, yeah. Just stick to two wheels now. Yes, indeed, for, for, for better or for worse. <laughs> exactly right. Well, well, look, with the way fuel prices are likely to go or are going, it's probably, yeah, certainly cheaper to be on two wheels rather than four. Unless you're driving electric, of yeah. course. And we're big fans of electric, of aren't we? Oh, we are. And, and you know, this increasingly, week by week, there's any argument against electric is dissolving, you know, um, the car's coming through. Mm. If your setup's charged at home, it's, it's 
I can't I can't see any argument against it now. The whole range argument's just gone. You know? No, absolutely. And as we saw last week, you know, mm. Moans took the Tesla out yes. for, that, um, for that week and the uh, weekend rather. And you know, I mean, for most most travel, it's just there's no issue with range anymore. Yeah, Even in West I was going to say we've just seen the the UN's latest climate report, which paints a, you know rather devastating but slightly optimistic picture if we get onto it. And and again, this feeds into that. These these industries they all feed into that. It, exactly right. Um, and I think, but I, you know, I do think with the electric cars, that the key is that you have to figure into the cost of the electric car. You have to figure in being properly set up at home mm-hmm. because if if you just if you're just charging off, 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 the, off, off the grid, yeah, then well, what's really you're, you're basically yeah. ru- you're basically running it on coal. Pre- so, precisely you know, right. Yes, there's nothing more depressing than a, a coal-powered Tesla. So, you know, you need to be set up at home with panels and batteries and charged overnight at home, and that'll that then answers all the questions. Indeed, indeed. Okay, the, the full Monty. So let, let's um, take a cruise now with Jeff well, Thomas, yeah, who's it, been. Busy. It's not about. It's, yeah, it's not a bad segue because Jeffrey also has a very good story on, you know, because the whole fleet has shifted. The cruise fleet has taken the pandemic to shift into hybrids. And, you know, with the end of the, uh, with the legislation ending the use of heavy fuels as well in, in mm. ships has sort of coincided. So you've really got a, a, a very different power and um, a carbon imprint for the, the world cruise fleet. Yeah, look, absolutely right. And and again, thinking about shifting towards the, the kinds of climate goals we want to achieve, it's uh, we still we, we can't stop travelling. Clearly, well, we can't so stop we travelling. We're smarter, don't we? This is the whole yeah. Thing. That's right. Well, and let, let me just chip this in. If you've got five thousand people on holiday mm. on one of these on a new hybrids, you know. Uh, cruise ship where everything's weighed on, all the waste is weighed off, mm-hmm. um, food is recycled, um, hi- um, dehydrated into fish feed for fish farms and blah, blah, blah. It's probably better than having two and a half thousand four-wheel drives trundling around. Mm. You know, that, that having people in a, in a managed environment is, is, prob- is, is a good thing when you've got those sorts of numbers. Um, no, you're absolutely right, and not not just football drives, but obviously all you know, how many? Maybe you say a, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand separate separate flights, separate long haul flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? I don't mean to pick on football drives. No, no, no. But I'm, but I'm, yeah, example. I'm just I'm making the point that for, for big numbers of people, these, these are very efficient, very efficient machines and environments. Now. No, you're absolutely right. Okay, well, let's hear from Jeffrey. He'll have more to say on that matter. Okay, so as always, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Jeffrey Thomas. Jeffrey, welcome to the pod, well travelled. Greetings, Will. Greetings. Now, as I was saying to Stephen, you've got a quite a comprehensive cruising guide in the Saturday's West, and and look, the fact that it's even there at all is is a, a certainly a vote of confidence for the way the industry is heading right now. Oh, look, look, absolutely. It's, it was, in fact, it was re- it was really exciting putting the guide together uh, over uh, over the last few days. Um, and uh, it was it was exciting to see how much energy there is and pizzazz and excitement there is out there for for cruising um, and and for travel in general. Um, and then to sort of start listing all the ships that are coming into Fremantle over the over towards the end of this year, then all through 2023 and into 2024. 
And that's just the start. There's going to be more and more added as cruise ships, cruise lines, you know, reactivate or change their plans to uh, to accommodate the fact that Fremantle is now uh, back online and, and mm-hmm. as is Western Australia. So, yeah, and there's so many exciting uh, cruises to do with um, – with fabulous ships like the Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Mary II, really Holland America's Nordam. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and the Silver Seas are coming back, Azamara, um, and, and the list goes on and on. And you think, wow, these are the the cream of cream ships. These are the good. These are the good ones. These and, are the good and, ones. And there are still deals to be had, aren't there? Well, that's the thing. There, absolutely, there are. There's still this window that's open at the moment to do some amazing deals um, and, you know, with lots of inclusions that normally you've got, normally are add-ons, now they're inclusions. And the other thing too is there's still a huge flexibility with the T's and C's um, with, with relationship to the to the, the deposits or the amount you're going to pay. There's some heavily discounted cruises mm. and also the cancellation um, policy because, you know, before COVID, you know, if you cancelled six months out of a cruise, you lost, you know, half your half your fare. Now you can sort of, with some cruise lines, you can cancel a week before and, you know, you've got no, there's no penalty at all. So there's some extraordinary deals varying from cruise line to cruise line um, but I've never known a period where it's been so attractive to book a cruise. Mm, no, that really is extraordinary. Now, the, the other area that you focused on, and you've written about this in our pages in the past, is in the area of technology, the way that technology's come along, but also been given a bit of a booster, if I can use that word, by COVID. You know, the people have had to really focus even more than they already do on the, the health and safety aspects. But also you write about um, the bow shape, well, bow. Yes. The word's not bow. bow. Bows are something you tie. Yes. Bow shape, yes. Bow yeah, shapes. the bow, the bow. We're, we're seeing some very unusual. We're used to those beautiful, sleek, you know, pointy bows that are yes. uh, on the QE2 or the, 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 the very, a lot of ships have them. Uh, now we're seeing these sort of almost, you might call them unattractive looking bows where the thing, uh, the bow goes backwards uh, and you're thinking, oh, what's all that about? But a Norwegian design, uh, fabulous design, because um, instead of sort of slamming through the waves, mm. uh, it cuts through them far more efficiently uh, and also far more smoothly. Mm. And they've, they've, there's almost 100 ships now that have um, have got this new design, and some of them are, are the ones that ply to, down to the uh, Arctic waters. Antarctica and Arctic waters where, you know, you get the worst conditions ever. And the the, the captains of the ship say, wow, this is so, so different. This is a much, much smoother ride. Um, So that's that's very exciting. Um, There's also where where, uh, a lot of cruise lines are now going to hybrid ships, uh, electric ships. Um, And then on the health and safety aspect, the cruise industries made 74 changes to the way they um, process uh, passengers, the way they clean ships, the way they monitor temperatures of passengers, of which 50 of those are permanent changes to the health uh, on board ships, which is really important. I mean, the, the whole the COVID thing has been a complete reset for the cruise industry. Um, and when you start going through all the changes, you think, wow. I mean, I remember asking Viking Line there. I sort of said, look, you know, when you come back into the 
after a cruise, you really clean the ship down. They said, well, no, we don't need to and because we clean it twice a day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> clean it twice a, yep. Twice mm. a day, we go over the entire ship um, and, uh, and, and sanitize it. So the level of commitment from cruise lines to keep these ships uh, as safe as possible and safer than virtually any other form of transport um, is, is amazing. And some of these um, cruise lines have also enhanced their size of their hospitals on board, mm. their testing uh, capabilities, uh, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Mm. It's quite amazing. It it does sound amazing. And of course, that's just a taster of what you can read in the Saturday's West Australians travel section with uh, Geoffrey Thomas's fabulous cruising column. Oh, not cruising column. You do a regular cruising column, but this is like a a, a mega, a a mega, a mega giant cruising column, if you like. It's a a big special. (laughs) But look, before I let you go, Geoffrey, and I asked Stephen this question too, where, where are you headed next? And it doesn't matter what form of transport. Well, I'm, I have. I'm, I must say, talking to specials. I'm doing a rail special in May. Another one because um, you were just on the Indian Pacific, weren't you? I know, yes. I know. And and now I'm I'm off to Adelaide on Sunday. Yes, uh, Adelaide, Adelaide, and Melbourne. In fact, I'm going to do the overland from Melbourne to Adelaide oh, wow. on the Monday, mm. and that which is a daylight train. Yes. And then on Wednesday, next Wednesday, Wednesday week, I should say, I'm I'm doing the GAN to Darwin. Oh, and that is, so I am so excited. I mean, mm. again, um, and I was thinking to, about the story that I'm going to write. I, I think that the GAN and the Concord were, were on everybody's bucket lists, and uh, I missed the Concord, uh, mm. and we won't go into that. But no, um, <laughs> uh, but, but I'm not going to miss the GAN. So uh, traveling to Darwin on the GAN, and I'm just super excited about that. Oh, that is fantastic. Well, look, I'm deeply envious. And um, well, we look forward to talking to you about it on the pod as well as reading about it in the travel pages. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, Jeffrey, well, thanks again for joining us on the pod well travel. You have a great day. Pleasure. Well, there you go. A lot going on. Now, as you were saying before, Stephen, um, we were speaking a couple of days ago about Jeffrey having done such a terrific job on his cruise guide, and it's really quite substantial. I was reading through it yesterday, and I, I think there's, again, talking about so much going on, just to take that one industry alone. There is still it's, so many well, great deals to be had as well, which is important it, to know. It's just, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I've... In, in 20 years, specifically 20 years as travel listener, um, I've never seen a time like it for yes. packages and deals and forward planning and terms and conditions. It's everything shifted. Um, and I, look, I must just say that uh, having Jeffrey sort of join the travel team in, in the way he has recently, you know, made time for us is just a treat because he brings, you know, as, as one of the world's most awarded aviation mm, right of need mm. you know he kind of brings that expertise he loves ships mm. <laughs> he loves the cruise ships and he brings a lot of that knowledge to, to the cruising as well because you know the, there are similarities in these industries so we've, we're very fortunate to have someone uh, uh, not only with that knowledge but with so much enthusiasm so I'm very grateful mm. to have Jeffrey in the team with us as I am as we all are Readers included. We all, are. we all benefit. Yeah, yeah, we do. It's fantastic. All right, so that's the show. Um, before I let you go, what, what's your next sojourn? Where are you heading off to next? Um, uh, look, I'm, I'll I'll be on the Rome flight. Um, I'm starting the Rome flight. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the 
Um, the London Directs restarts in June. There's been a bit of bumpy people trying to shift tickets onto mm, that. And okay. Qantas have been struggling with that, but just stick with that. That'll all come back and, and be smooth. Um, but can I just mention, Will, because yes. we've had a – we a couple of weeks ago we had these tickets, um, these cabins on a French river cruise, and um, we sold it out, but we've had a couple who can't make that. So we've actually got a couple of cabins back on the – my favorite thing. You know, we're going to fly into Nice. Mm. We're going to join a Viking river cruise ship, Arles, Avignon, Tournon, I should say, Avignon and up to Leon, it's brilliant. Um, it's all at westtravelclub.com.au mm. forward slash tours, mm. and there are a couple of spots become available. Wow. I, I look, I reckon they're going to be snapped up because, yeah, because well, they, we did sell out. Yeah, we did. Uh, we sold out like a, almost, well, overnight. Really. Yeah, well, it was almost, almost instantaneous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we've incredible. Some, yeah, some people can't make it for, for various reasons. Um so that's just become available again. So if you're interested in coming to France with me in August, mm, this is uh, August, exactly. You won't you won't find you won't find cabins elsewhere. No. Um, Westtravelclub.com.au. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. If that, okay. Look, be quick because I might even I might even snip them up myself. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Hopefully, hopefully I get a company discount. <laughs> no, no. Who said? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> We'll, we'll work we'll something need, out. We'll need, we'll need miners to do all the work. Perfect. <laughs> Isn't that what we always do? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve. Look, it's been great having you back on the show and back here in Perth. And we look forward to talking with you again next week on the pod well travelled. Thanks, Will.